Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Mindfulness with Vitanshu. It just means a lot to me that you guys come back every week and you know listen to my episodes and I hope that all of you had an amazing amazing Diwali. I personally enjoyed my Diwali with my family and my loved ones and I hope and I wish that this for you that you know all of you who are listening to this right now have an amazing have a really happy have a really positive have a really really comfortable and safe year ahead of you it's been a really tough time lately and i know how much people are going through in terms of their mental health in terms of their physical health and i wish the best of best to all of you and your loved ones in today's episode we'll be calling another po- very positive and very cheerful person whose name is mr ruhan nakash he is just an amazing person he's been a constant source of motivation for me in my journey and he is the chief marketing officer of my captain which is an edtech company he is a singer he's a writer he's very good at spoken skills and he's like what not everything whatever i tell you about him he'll just be amazing at it so without further ado let's jump right into the episode Hey guys welcome to another episode of mindfulness with Swetanshu and today among us we have this amazing amazing person who is an entrepreneur who is a writer uh, he writes amazing poems he sings amazingly plus he has this really cute kitten called uh, button so <laughs> he's he's just an amazing personality i won't go into like the depth of it but yeah when you hear him when you hear his thoughts you will know why he is here uh I welcome you Mr. Rohan and thank you so much. I'm just so you know happy and glad right now that you're here. You're one of the per- pe- people who you know has been an in- inspiration to me as well while uh, you know I have been focusing on this journey of my own of how to start off, how to get you know going with your dreams and aspirations and you know looking up to you guys doing so well and first of all congratulations my captain is just you know growing like anything. thank you so much thank you much we try our best and and just to mention the thing about inspiration that you just said um you know i find it very problematic when people say that oh my god you've been so inspirational and stuff like that because uh, many a times i myself am on the quest of inspiration and i am not able to find inspiration or i am myself not able to inspire myself sometimes and that's very problematic when other people say that you know oh my god you're an inspiration or something like that puts me uh, you know that that puts me in a very bad position in my head in terms of okay fine this guy has put a lot of pressure on me now and what if i'm not able to you know feel inspired myself at one point of time just yeah just wanted to like uh, mention that yeah. as we go now it's like um, i remember matthew mcconaughey uh, uh, got his oscar and uh, his speech included this very beautiful thing that you know that that showed how even the best of us require you know something to look forward to or look towards or look you know up to and he said that his inspiration was himself you know 15 years from now or you know 5 years from now or 10 years from now and he would never be that self of his own and you know he's just chasing the best version of himself so yeah that yeah that's actually a very interesting thought by you know matthew because uh, this does two things as per me number 1 uh you're not really really looking for external inspiration because at the end of the day you realize that everyone else is human and they've made their own mistakes as well so there is no hero worship in your head number 2 you're chasing a a, a self conjured hero that you made out of yourself mm-hmm. right 
and you will always try to be better a better version of what you are right now so it, it's kind of a cycle not a vicious cycle but a nice cycle uh, to keep you motivated and to sure. you know keep you uh, trying to get better uh, than what you are right now so that's a very interesting thought by matthew as well of course of course so my first question which i put forward to my guests is how's your journey been like you know from a kid who was born in kashmir born and brought up in kashmir to today till date you know handling my captain it's it's been a very long journey i can just look at you and say you know it's been a very long journey full of ups and downs if you could just you know sum it up what's the most important parts of it or whatever you like so swetanshu that's a very uh, <laughs> you know that's a very very broad kind of a question but i'll, yeah. I'll sum it up in like 2 3 minutes uh, as sure. well. or it could go on to like 10 depending on how uh, you know how we go <laughs> Yeah. So I was born in Kashmir uh, amidst the militancy that was going on in Kashmir and all the conflict that is there amidst the armed forces presence and uh, from both the sides and mm-hmm. and and so much conflict that is there and that is not a very very great thing for a child to see at an early age okay yeah, I sometimes okay. realize it at nights when I'm sleeping and I'm like holy shit what the shit happened <laughs> with me when I was a child because you know I I saw a dead body at the age of 6 or five and that too it was a gunfight dead body it wasn't like mm-hmm. a natural death kind of a thing and that mm-hmm. puts a lot of psychological trauma in your head early on which you don't realize it's not like oh my god i'm traumatized you know you later realize that you know shit has happened with you or you don't think right or you you don't you you're not able to rationalize with certain things over time and uh, you know that was the scenario in kashmir and thankfully i lived uh, the first 5 years of my life uh, uh, in saudi arabia Uh, my dad w- was a doctor there he's still a doctor he still likes working at the age of 65 and uh, you know when we came back to kashmir i remember this incident where uh, i used to tell all of my cousins that hey you know what i know arabic i used to find it really cool that i know foreign language so i used to tell them i know arabic although i didn't know arabic i was just 5 years old i was trying to show off then one day on our cable network there was this arab news channel uh, that was being broadcasted i don't know why or how and one of my cousins says Uh, hey Rohan, can you tell us what the guy is saying in Arabic? And I had been hearing uh, Kashmiri news for for mm-hmm. like a for like a year or two now. I was seven years old by the time. So just to impress this guy, just to impress my cousin, I I tell him that uh, this guy is saying that there was a blast and gunfire in Riyadh today. <laughs> and I I I remember that you know his face turned ashen because he realized, and I realize now, a mm-hmm. seven year old is trying to impress his cousin. by lying about you know hey i know arabic and what's the lie the lie is based on what you have normalized uh, mm. watching television every single day it's like blasts and gunfire happen everywhere mm. right although saudi arabia is very very far from yeah there are other evils going on there but it's very very far from uh, you know all, all such violence uh, out there and that was the kind of scenario i was born and brought up in thankfully i uh, you know uh, i i was a very uh, uh, book loving kind of a person bibliograph i loved reading books i inherited a huge library from my grandfather my grandfather was a huge scholar he was one of the earliest uh, mas in english literature uh, in the 19 early 1930s or 40s you know before independence he, he studied from lahore university mm-hmm. and uh, you know he had this huge by the time he passed away in 2002 2003 he had this huge library of like thousands of books literally thousands i'm not like uh, exaggerating there Mm-hmm. of which we inherited some 400 300 400 books 
uh, my dad inherited some of those and my dad was not an avid reader i was an avid reader and these books were in different languages they were in english urdu arabic farsi farsi's persian uh, mm-hmm. there were books on psychology there were books on religion there were books on there was fiction there was charles dickens right from charles dickens to george orwell and uh, sherlock holmes and what not and i inherited thankfully i inherited all of these books and i started reading at a very early age we didn't have a lot of television culture at at our home i only used to watch uh, dd national back in the day we didn't have any cable network in in the late 90s yeah. early 2000s uh, we had raja rancho coming on dd national and shaktiman and aryaman and all of those things yeah Good so night. that's all i used to watch back in the day no cartoon network not a lot of cartoons etc later i watched a little bit of them but you know i had a very specific assigned time for that and the reason mm-hmm. why i'm mentioning this is because that played a very huge role in who i became i started reading at a very early age at the age of 7 or 8 at the age of 8 i read alice in wonderland you know both the books at this was my first twist with uh, reading mm-hmm. and what happens as a as a reader as an avid reader is what i feel is uh, you start conjuring these imaginative worlds in your head and there is a very famous poet called mirza ghalib uh, mm-hmm. ghalib in urdu he's a very famous urdu poet he's like the shakespeare of urdu Uh, he was born and brought up in delhi and he died in delhi and there's a very famous tomb in delhi uh, around him galib says ek muddat ho gayi ki mar gaya galib par yaad par ab bhi yaad aata hai huvi muddat ki mar gaya galib par ab bhi yaad aata hai wo har ek baat par kehna ki yun hota to kya hota to kya hota you know there there's been a long time that galib has died hmm. but still i remember his saying that he's saying after each and everything that would happen or every every particular meeting he would say yun hota to kya hota what would be what would it be like if it was like this right mm-hmm. so that's what reading does to you and you start imagining worlds and you start building a vision you're like what if uh you know what if i could change the world in this particular way mm-hmm. or what if uh, i can imagine a new kind of a world where xyz is happening like mm-hmm. for example your vision would be what if everyone was very mindful or thoughtful and uh you know respected their thoughts and mm. and put them out there and and talked about them probably and mm. didn't trouble their heads and trouble themselves with their thoughts sometimes say for example that's just yeah. an example at the end of the day but uh you get what i'm trying to say right so yeah, yeah. yun hota mm. to kya hota what if exactly so the mm. what if wala jo cheez hai that only happens when Uh, you are an avid reader and you start imagining a lot of things and uh, you start imagining new scenarios that played a very important role in my life in spite of all the bloodshed mm. and all the bullshit that was going around me uh, i was you know in my own world mm. so also while i was in school i was bullied a lot because i had uh, you know i had golden hair now it's brown chennai and bangalore has done its damage all the water has done its damage now but now it's brownish in color i had go- mm-hmm. golden hair my voice hadn't cracked at the right time mm-hmm. uh, you know i was one of those kids who, who whom you call chocolate boy you know mm-hmm. back in school golden boy and i i studied in a christian missionary all boys school mm-hmm. very toxic culture extremely toxic culture toxic masculinity all around you know mm-hmm. and uh, i was bullied and they used to call me homo and gay and what not although there's nothing wrong with being gay but you know there was a negative connotation attached to it from 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 the beginning it yeah. was like you're not manly enough or something mm. like that so uh, 
that that kind of uh, although i was an extrovert that kind of uh, put me in a shell so i started imagining more and more things i started dreaming daydreaming more and more and mm-hmm. it at the same time also made me more mentally resilient and stronger right so eventually i told my dad in my 11th or 12th grade i said i want to be a writer i want to write stories and uh, i had learned some languages by then i was very good uh, in english literature i was very brilliant at urdu uh, i was good at farsi which was very rare no one knew farsi i started reading you know farsi poetry at a very early mm. age in 9th or 10th grade uh, i had started understanding arabic very well by then at that point of time because i had read so much in arabic although i wasn't colloquially uh, you know very adept but i had started reading a lot of arabic as well so all of this language and everything i i had a i had fallen in love with communication this is what i realized mm. later you know in retrospect when i think about it it wasn't only stories it was stories for sure i love storytelling but um, you know it was also communication that i loved my dad said how are you going to earn money um you know how how does a writer earn money we only know of journalists <laughs> yeah. who earn money i didn't want to become a journalist per se okay that was too real uh for me so what i realized was i didn't have an answer for him and he said uh you know what uh, you can't become a doctor my my entire family is a family of doctors everyone mm. in my family is a doctor my mom is an agriculture scientist she's the only one who's not a doctor but she was a scientist mm. right my brother is a doctor my dad is a doctor my uncles are doctors my cousins are doctors one of my cousin who couldn't become a medical doctor became a veterinarian doctor you get it some of wow. my uncles are phd's so they're also doctors at the end of the day there was this immense pressure on me and and there was a running joke in the family that if we had a dog he would be called doctor because there are so many freaking <laughs> doctors in the family right but i was scared of blood early on i was scared of blood i'm still wow. a little scared of blood i i feel like you know uh, my my body is uh, losing energy as soon as i see blood mm-hmm. or think about blood uh, so my dad looked at me one day and he like like in gangs of wasipur uh, there's the scene right tumse na ho payega tumse na ho payega my dad <laughs> my dad looked at me one day and he said tumse na ho payega tum engineering kar lo um because you know indian society at the end of the day subcontinental society Hmm. you can't become a doctor you go for engineering can't go for engineering go for law mm-hmm. or you go for ca there's or like stuff like that hierarchy that set up yes there's already hierarchy set up. i'm pretty sure you must have gone through it yeah, as well and course, if you're not course. then you are very very freaking lucky no. and a lot of <laughs> students these days are lucky that when hmm. their parents are a little more yeah. open right so he sent me to chennai he said uh, there's this good college in chennai called srm university and uh, <laughs> okay. you can imagine a boy from the mountains na matlab i was mm. born and brought up in kashmir for most of my life and you know in kashmir the temperatures don't go beyond 32 33 during the summers in srinagar at least and and so then there's another extreme minus 1 2 hai na matlab so i was sent to chennai and in chennai for the first time i realized you can sweat from your back <laughs> i'd never experienced you know sweating from your back behind right i i i experienced sweating during taking a bath as well that was uh you know petrifying <laughs> to me i was like oh my god this was my only escape and now i can uh sweat during my bath as well so after that i uh, met a lot of crazy people in chennai i realized that everyone wanted to do different things mm. some people wanted to become writers some people wanted to become photographers some people wanted to become uh, you know uh, scientists or whatever like fashion people or whatever right there are so many different types of 
people around me who had core competencies in what they wanted to do. But mm-hmm. all of us were unfortunately studying engineering. And that was heartbreaking to me because uh, I it was my story as well. And uh, I started imagining with some of my other friends who were there, like Zishan and Samir and mm-hmm. Fatima. And early on, there were a lot of people in in, in, in my captain as, as it was expanding because it was a student body. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you yourself have led a student body kind of a thing. Entrepreneurship cell. I know about your entrepreneurship cell in your college. Yeah. And you know you're how many, so many people join you because they're like, hey, I want to contribute. I want to put mm-hmm. my blood and soul into this for free. I don't want any money because I'm a student and I have no experience, but we'll do something crazy. True. That's a very important age. That 17, 18, 19 year old age is very important. And I was already dreaming and, uh, you know, imagining scenarios and whatnot. And people were telling me that you're crazy and this does not work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Very surprisingly then in 2016, uh, 15, I told my parents that I want to go full time. Uh, they were shocked. They were like, uh, you know, you're not going to earn a lot of money and you're not going to make a lot. It's a startup world. It's business Mm. at the end of the day. And their idea, they're a doctor family. They haven't interacted a lot with business (laughs) families, right? Or business in general. Their idea of business is that it can fall down and uh, probably he's going to have a shop or something like that. They didn't understand what tech entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship in general is in general. Right? So... That happened, but I convinced them. I told them, hey, you know what? I'll go for one year. I promise I'm going to come back after one year. Mm. Okay, so isko kehte, I have a very good friend of mine. His name is Javed Parsa. He's a restaurant entrepreneur. He's uh, a restaurant seen, yeah. mm. right? So Javed once told me, ki, Urdu mein, he told me once, ki, uh, you know, bachon ko thoda bagawat karni chahiye se. By bagawat, I mean rebellion. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit. Utni bagawat jayez hoti hai. That much rebellion is allowed. You know, because parents come from very different generation at the end of the day. They don't really truly understand your aspirations. Mm. They don't really truly understand the needs of this hour as well at the mm. end of the day, right? So you need to, you need to oppose them a little. You need to be a little rebellious. Otherwise, uh, you're not going to progress a lot, you know, and That's your true. parents won't yeah. realize that. While you should love your parents, obviously, mm. off late, I have, uh, I have, uh, you know, been driven closer and closer to my parents. And I've realized that whatever they used to say, even though I was rebellious and I was anti whatever they used to say. And probably you will realize this after six, seven years. I'm 26 years right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn 27 next year. Uh, already kind of feeling that I'm having a midlife crisis or something like that right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Because of all the experiences I've had. But I've realized that parents, whatever they say, makes a lot of sense at a lot of levels. But 20% of it does not make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that 20% of it you need to oppose. So I lied to them. I said, you know, give me one year. I'm not gonna, uh, I'm gonna come back uh, after that. And then when one year passed, and a lot of things happened in one year, uh, in that first year, and I'll talk about that in some time. But when that one year passed, then my dad is like, now you should come back. You said you'll come back after a year. I said, hey, I'm not satisfied still. Give me one more year. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll spend two years here. And then when two years passed, he said, you're not coming back, right? I said, no, I'm not coming back. I was lying to you this entire time. And a lot of uh, amazing things happen. Startup life is very... Uh, heavy okay it's uh, you work seven days a week you work 24 hours basically uh, at the end mm. of the day you might get a call at 3am in the morning and you have to you have to give your heart and soul to it uh one incident uh someone says what do you think that is very specific to startup life that you won't find anywhere else okay so a lot of people answer in very stereotypical ways they say uh, you can be your own boss and uh, blah 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 etc etc and all of that is as per me that's a load of crap 
Mm. Uh, because uh, you can be your boss doing whatever the hell. You might be a freelancer. You might be uh, in the gig economy and you will be your mm-hmm. boss still. Okay? You don't necessarily need to be an entrepreneur and run a big business or a company for that. What I realized was as an entrepreneur, you can be king one day or you can be king in the morning and you'll be beggar in the evening. That's one very specific thing. And I have a very interesting incident okay. to, mm-hmm. with your permission. Sure, uh, sure, sure. I have sure. a very specific incident to share there. So I remember this was in 2016. Mm. We had joined recently and, uh, you know, there was a little bit of media attention that young people get, especially mm. when you're incubated in IM Bangalore and whatnot at the age of 2021. I was 21 at that point of time. And that that's a very young age at the mm. end of the day. It's just out of college. And you're talking about education and you're talking about changing education and whatnot. You get a lot of media attention. And there was some media attention that I was getting as well. And Zamir and Zishan, all the three of us, all the four of us, in fact, Fatima was, uh, was with us at that point of time as well. So one day there was this invitation I got from Symbiosis, SCMHRD, mm. Symbiosis College of HR Management. Uh, uh, it's, in, it's in Pune. Pune uh, yeah. And I was in Bangalore. I got an invitation from their side. They said, we want you to give deliver a guest lecture on, on marketing, on B2C marketing, business to consumer marketing mm. to our MBA students. And at that point of time, my dad had been forcing me a lot, being like, okay, you want to get into business? Why don't you go for an MBA instead yeah. of, you know, going in this entrepreneurship route or whatever the hell this is, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I constantly told him that no, entrepreneurs kind of know more than MBAs because they do it on a day-to-day basis rather than study about it. And this, this gave me a huge ego boost. You know, this SCMHRD invitation gave me a huge ego boost and they booked my tickets. They, they uh, and this was not just an economy class uh, flight. Uh, they had also, they'd also, you know, paid for the food inside the flight and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And they booked my travel from, from uh, where I was living to Bangalore airport and Bangalore air and then, uh, you know, Pune airport to, uh, you know, the, the, the place that, that I had to yeah. go to, and they, you know, gave me a bouquet and whatnot. 21 year old kid. Okay. 21 year old guy uh, getting so much attention and context being there that uh, at that point of time, I was living in a very dingy, dingy apartment. Like mm. it was not an apartment, it was a room. Uh, there was, I didn't even have money enough for, you know, uh, to afford a bed. So I had like a small bedding on the, on the floor and we used to keep our chapels just next to our bedding, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of a scenario. Mm-hmm. And, and Samir and I used to live together. Samir Zichan and I used to live together in that one room. I think it was a, uh, what like a 20 foot by 20 foot by 20 foot room where three of us used to live and we had all of our clothes there as well there was no almiras nothing at all mm-hmm. there was like uh, everything was in our suitcases itself you understand basically yeah, yeah, li- living out of our suitcases mm. and we didn't have a lot of money uh, because we weren't taking anything from our parents and we had just started off so the salaries were very meager i cannot mm. even mention the amount it's very very less sometimes pocket mm-hmm. money worth uh, you know mm. so uh, that was the context and we had cockroaches and earth Worms there. Samir and I named those cockroaches and earthworms and called them our pets. <laughs> the cockroaches were called Jose Garcias and Jose Marquez, and uh, the earthworms were called Julie and Margaret. I'm not kidding. This is I'm not making this up. This is all real, okay? And this is the first time I'm talking about this on a public, you know, forum yeah, like yeah. this. And um, I reach symbiosis. Now I'm coming from this context, and I reach symbiosis. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm from. You know, we had incubated at NSR cell. I am Bangalore and I'm going to deliver a guest lecture to MBA students. I started sending selfies to my dad. I'm like, hey, you were telling me to study MBA, right? I'm teaching MBA <laughs> students now and whatnot. So I deliver a very beautiful, nice lecture or whatever you want to call it. And Zishan was there as well. He was also invited. 
and but he was in Nagpur at that point of time. So he went back to Nagpur from Pune. His mm. tickets were booked to Nagpur and my tickets were booked back to Bangalore. Mm. So I reached Bangalore at night at something around 12 a.m. And it takes me one and a half hours from Bangalore airport to where I was residing in Banerghatta Road mm. near IM Bangalore itself. And I reach at 1, 1.30 a.m. at night. And I realized that we have not paid our electricity bill. And our owner was an asshole, okay? He, he didn't give us any more time. So when I realized that the door, I'm, I'm carrying my bags, okay? Like my suitcase or whatever I had at night, all tired, but at the same time gratified because, oh my God, I was king in the morning, right? Mm. And I reach home and I see there is a, there's a different kind of a lock uh, on the door. Uh, I'd never seen this lock before. I didn't have the keys to this lock. And this was primarily because we hadn't paid our electricity, electricity bill. bill. And it was a Saturday night, okay? Uh, I reached on a Saturday night. So I called this guy up. Uh, I think we were there in Pune for one more day. It was on a mm-hmm. Friday that the guest lecture happened. After that, I come back. And I, I call my friends. They're not picking up. I'm pretty sure they had partied or whatever. And they had passed mm. out. It was 1.30 a.m. at night. Mm. By 2 a.m., I was desperate. I tried to open the door. I tried to break it open. I, I rang the bell uh nearby in the nearby houses no one responded and this this utter state of despondency fell upon me and i didn't even have enough money uh you know in the bank to go to a hotel and book a thousand rupee mm-hmm. uh, you know room or something room. this yeah. back in 2016 early days almost five years ago from uh from five years ago from now and we just started like two three months into going full-time so I didn't have any money as well. So what I did was I just took my bag and I slept in the ATM. You know, there was an ATM nearby. There was AC there. And I, I just put my bag there and I put my head on the bag. I was very tired by then. And I slept off. And I remember there was a dog right outside the ATM. Like I felt like I was sleeping with the dog, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's that's about it. I slept for three, four hours. I rested for three, four hours. Woke up in the morning uh, as soon as, you know, the first rays of light hit. Uh, and I, I was almost on the verge of crying and I'm getting really emotional right now as well. So I, I started walking, uh, you know, with my bags, I started walking towards, uh, I am Bangalore and I had my toothbrush and toothpaste and everything in, in the bag in itself. And I started walking and, uh, you know, I, I realized that, you know, I, I was too smug probably too early because, uh, you know, in the morning, some one day ago in the morning, I was like, oh my God, I'm delivering a guest lecture and my tickets are being booked and there's nothing that I have to pay for and whatnot. And I'm, and I'm getting a bouquet and a garland or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. And at night, I'm sleeping at the ATM. And I go to, I am Bangalore, I brush my teeth. And, you know, I, I come back and uh, break open the lock and uh, I go inside and, you know, freshen up uh, and, and, you know, lose all of my sp- Magnus and I'm like, okay, let's let's start working now. Let's let's do some real good work. And thankfully, thankfully, you know, since then it's been an uphill journey. Uh, there have been you know downfalls uh, mm. all the time. You know, every month there is uh, you know there is this there's some or the other slump that I feel in. Uh, I'm in, and it takes a toll on on you mentally. Sometimes your customers mm. are not happy. You know, sometimes your uh, team is not happy sometimes you yourself are not happy and as Zishan says our job is not to make people happy uh, if, if you want to make everyone happy then freaking sell ice cream or something like that mm-hmm. right <laughs> so but we have this principle we say uh, ambition perseverance and achievement so these are our three core values at my captain 
so you 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 have an ambition in the beginning uh, you're like this is what i want to achieve and this is why i want to get there and then you you face a lot of roadblocks obviously you're going to face a lot of roadblocks mm-hmm. and you know you persevere through all of those roadblocks so perseverance is value number 2 and then you achieve you even if you achieve 50% of it or 60% or 70% of what you had imagined you celebrate the achievement you need to uh, you know be happy mm-hmm. about the achievement and this is something you know way, till very recently i was not doing that i wasn't celebrating the smaller wins i wasn't even celebrating the failures you need to celebrate the failures to some extent because you've learned something new from that and i i learned it the hard way so you know trust me <laughs> i learned <laughs> celebrating all of these things the hard way that's been the journey so far and i'm pretty sure that there are going to be extreme lows that will come up okay mm. as i said king in the morning pauper in the evening mm. uh that's 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 something that i believe will always be true and as entrepreneurs as educators as people who live in the modern world with whatever pressures exist there we need to be ready we need to be ready for for all of those things so that's true. been my journey i think it took me 20 minutes to tell you <laughs> uh, the entire story and yeah but but that's that's ratanshu i i'll i'll tell you what the last bit of it where you, you know, explain the entire king in the morning popper in the evening situation that's that's so touching like i still have a little goosebumps because that's so true a lot of people don't understand that that you know when we get something small we get so happy we still have to realize how to balance those things how to balance our successes and and even you are learning it you know as you said the hard way you learned that you know you have to celebrate to to an extent you have to celebrate everyone learns it at some point or the other that you know the successes and the failures neither of them you know stay both of them are pretty much you know they come today and then you know, they go on tomorrow so even if it's success we celebrate it today you know my father used to say it and i used to find it you know like as a rebellious kid myself i used to find that you know if i'm succeeding today let me enjoy it you know <laughs> you know when when i'm failing it don't make it you know that bigger deal but you know with with time we understand that no actually you know our parents are like those you know owls who are very you know wise with whatever they say and it's actually true that, you know even however as you said you know however rebellious we are that 20% you know apart from that 20% the entire 80% is actually true and that 20% is only outdated because you know the generations are moving so fast so even they were like i know my dad's story and he was a really rebellious kid at his age and you know he made it you know this far and now i'm being the rebellious kid so generation after generation what i believe is that rebellion you know it continues right you right sutanju that's that's what so uh next question okay out of your entire thing you know the, the, the thing that i want to know about you know a kid who saw so much you know bloodshed and things which were not really made for children to see you might be having flashbacks of it still you know it's it's not a really pretty image to carry around your so how do you deal with it you know how do you deal with the entire fact that your you know while the other kids have had a good childhood does that you know in turn give you a perspective about life or you know you it has taken its hard toll on you and it's even now you're dealing with it because a lot of people out there i'll tell you a lot of people who are hearing to this also have had a very rough childhood so you know might be that your take on how to deal with a rough childhood where you know you've you've been across so much yourself you know might might help them as well 
yeah so a lot of uh, you know all of this trauma that is there as a child mm. uh, that down into your youth and uh, you know your middle age eventually as well okay so this this uh, there's no turning back from it all things that you know all, there's no turning back mm-hmm. and i deal with it on a day to day basis as well it's it's i cannot say that oh my god i have started meditate a lot <laughs> i feel good about life or something like that there are some things that that you cannot turn back from mm. right and and it's completely okay but what happened what i was very lucky in one or two aspects one aspect was when i left kashmir in at the age of 17 and i haven't gone back and lived there lived there since mm. then okay I've, i've been there in the past eight and a half years i think i've been to kashmir uh for five times and i've totally spent like total of 3 months probably there in the past 8 years okay that's mm-hmm. a very small time in 8 years so what i realized is uh i i cannot probably live there anymore that's the trauma that and it's home at the end of mm. the day it's it's home there's no doubt in my head that it's home but i cannot live there anymore i won't be able to live there anymore i will have to probably live in bangalore for the ex- you know entirety of my life or mm. somewhere else out of india or whatever but i cannot live there anymore and that's something that will always hurt me they'll always pinch me and a lot of my poetry you know a lot of my poetry the the poems that i write in english or in urdu or in whatever language uh, they have themes of romance and they have themes of kashmir mm. and sometimes they have themes of you know falling in love in a place like kashmir Uh, recently i wrote this one piece where you know at one point of time i was actually writing a review of a kashmiri experiential restaurant you know mm-hmm. it's not only the food that they're serving it's also the e- entire experience that experience. they're giving yeah. so what i realized was and i and i wrote this and it brought tears to my eyes and to the eyes of the restauranter as well uh i said that in history who's going to write who's going to write about our you know in, in the future who's going to write about the history of kashmir when be- when the best of our writers right now are documenting the conflict in kashmir right who's mm. going to remember us as are we only going to be remembered as uh, are kashmiris only going to be remembered as people who were brutalized and oppressed or uh, you know people who who saw a lot of blood bloodshed or people who lived in a conflict zone or people who were militants or terrorists or uh, you know uh, Or, or whatever right mm. at the end of the day uh is what about romance who's going to write about our love stories who's going to write about my parents for example before they got married uh, after they got engaged running off to the dal lake and taking a shikara ride and getting stuck because of all the you know wind that was there and the waves that it created in the dal lake who's going to write about that mm. uh i don't think anyone is i don't think anyone will uh i think uh and this hurts me a lot it hurts me on a day to day basis okay but at the same time it also helps me uh stay up uh you know at night work hard try to build a life of my own try to build an identity of my own which is devoid off of that conflict which which i don't want that conflict to reflect upon my children as much it reflected upon as much as it reflected upon me and it's very hard it's very problematic as well but that's how we'll have to live uh, also it hardened me at a very early age you know the the story that i told you you know it's mm-hmm. uh, sleeping in the uh, sleeping in the atm, ATM uh, right yeah. now it feels very emotional to me and and whoever i tell the story to also gets really emotional but in the moment at that point of time 
I was not emotional. In the moment, I was like, okay, you know, screw it. You That's got to do what option. you got to do. Yeah, yeah that, this is the best option. This is what we'll do right now. In mm-hmm. fact, I was proud of myself because I found out a solution, um, you know, a, a cheap solution to not spend any money and at the same time have, uh, you know, get some sleep. And that was primarily because of the, the quote-unquote shit I had seen or been through before. And, and by now, things don't matter a lot. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you lose anything and everything and, and the next day you're going to be a pauper or whatever, right? Because you've seen all that happen. Life is very short. My Someone really, really close to me used to say, life is too short or too long to be lived in the same way. Because if it's mm-hmm. too short, then you want more variety in it and you you would you know you'd want to explore more True. and if it's too long then you cannot have a monotonous life you can't live it in the same way so life is too short or too long to be lived in the same way mm-hmm. and uh, while i was living in one way in kashmir in one particular way i lived in another way when i came to uh, chennai to study my engineering and i completely left kashmir behind uh, although it lived in me but i didn't live there anymore uh, and i had some I had some very good fortune finding some really brilliant friends from all across India, from all across the world, in fact, who became a very good support system with time. Writing is cathartic to me. So I keep writing and singing. And Mm. and usually if you follow me on Instagram, you see that I sing these Mm. Kashmiri songs and I put them up as well. People don't understand any of it, but it's catharsis for me because I'm putting out my feelings about that particular place, home, which is lost now. Right. And, uh, I also fell in love back in the day. I fell in love uh, in Kashmir and, uh, you know, falling in love with Kashmir is very, very weird. It's very different than what we imagine love to be, you know, outside of Kashmir falling love in the time of conflict. Like mm. there's this book called love in the time of cholera, right? By yeah. uh, Garcia Marquez, but love in the time of conflict is crazy. It's, uh, it's, it's not the way it is. Okay. And, and there are different stereotypes around the same as well. So to answer your question, I, I'm dealing with it on a day-to-day basis and it's just part of me now it's part of my life now it's part of my struggle now and that's completely fine it's fine to an extent uh, you know you, you talk to a therapist about it if you want to uh, you don't if you don't want to you write mm-hmm. about it probably or you talk to some other Kashmiris uh, you know and and whine with them whine along with them <laughs> uh, and cry along with them there's this one very famous poet called Iqbal who had written Sare Jahan Se Achha Hindostan Hamara. Mm. He's also written this one couplet that says, Tham zara dil. Stop for a moment, conflict-ridden heart. Tham zara dil. Jane de mujhe. Let me sit for a moment. Or is basti pe char aansu girane de mujhe. And let me, you know, just, just cry a river uh, in, in, this, in this basti, in this valley uh, as of now. And that's exactly what happens with me sometimes. I'll just sit and I'll wonder uh, for 10 minutes or five minutes in the day. And then it'll go. It'll be a fleeting moment. Uh, and, and then you live in the moment and you go with the flow. Right? right? So, so that's that. I don't romanticize uh, all this suffering and pain and everything that happens. So sure. yeah, that's that. That's what my uh, you know second episode was about. If, you, uh, if we do a lot of negative self-talks, a lot of people do that. And what I, you know generally observe that you know if we don't let the thoughts you know romanticize as you said and and we just get hold of them deal with it for like five ten minutes and then just just keep calm in the moment 
थोड़ा देर के लिए वी जस्ट सिट डाउन एंड यू नो डील विद देम एंड देन इट गोज अवे ऑटोमेटिकली इट डज नॉट यू नो कॉज यू एज मच हार्म एज यू नो इफ यू कीप इट इन साइड योर सेल्फ एंड यू कीप टॉकिंग टू योर सेल्फ यू नो ओके आई मीन सो मच पेन एंड देन यू नो यू मेक इट समथिंग एल्स एंड देन यू नो बिकॉज आर माइंड इज लाइक यू नो आई रेड दिस वेरी ब्यूटिफुल थिंग दैट a mind is you know teflon for positives and it's like velcro for negatives and that was something very <laughs> interesting because that's what happens when 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 we actually have something negative to think about it just keeps on pinging us and uh, that, that's that's how it is that's you know true. being in the moment and you know taking it taking a while out for ourselves and you know just thinking or pondering upon it it just goes away gradually Yeah, you're right, Swetanj. In fact, uh, even communicating about it helps. You know, mm. at the end of the day, when you said the negatives stay in your head for a longer time, uh, I just think of it. There's this again. Uh, my life revolves around poetry, poetry a lot these days, and has been. So there's this very famous poet called John Elia. Uh, <laughs> he's dead now. He died in two thousand four of uh, extreme alcoholism. But uh, he wrote this brilliant couplet once, and it makes a lot of sense even. it makes a lot of sense through and through history he says bas ek hi hadsa to hai hadsa means a uh, happening right mm-hmm. bas ek hi hadsa to hai aur wo ye ki aaj tak baat nahi kahi gayi baat nahi suni gayi suni gayi there is ah. only mm-hmm. one freaking incident throughout history throughout right from you know adam if you're a naturalist mm-hmm. right from adam till right now and that is either you did not communicate or okay, you did but the other person did not listen to you or no one you know kind True. of reciprocated to it so i i feel that's 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 a very important lesson to take there talk or write or express in any way possible don't just keep your thoughts lingering in your head because that will become really toxic at one point of time that's where all the anger eventually comes from as well so hmm. you know talking is good bol ke lab azad hain tere speak that your lips are still free right so, so that, that, that's what i believe we've talked about a lot of things poetry you know rough childhoods you know it's it's like a complete spectrum of things that we've talked about among them there was also superheroes so uh, who's your superhero like <laughs> holy shit <laughs> <laughs> that's a crazy question to ask man i mean See my problem with superheroes is that um you know there's a lot of hero worship especially in uh, yeah. in a place like uh, sub- the subcontinent India mm-hmm. Pakistan Bangladesh Sri Lanka this entire subcontinent has had extreme soup that's why you have in the religion of hinduism as well you have like thousands and thousands of gods lakhs right even <laughs> even if lakhs probably yeah. even if some of them didn't even claim divinity they mm. still worship rajnikanth is freaking worship right sachin tendulkar <laughs> is worship in a mandir and everything true my my problem with hero worship is that uh, you know you dehumanize uh, the the other person there that's mm. there right you dehumanize them so i would say um i think right now um not my hero but someone i look up to or someone that has uh, not inspired me as well someone who has grounded me rather than inspired me i would rather you know be mm. attracted to someone who has grounded me rather than inspired me is my dad right now and i hate to say this because while growing up i i had uh, this concept in my head that i never want to be like my dad because mm. i thought i thought that my dad is a little khadus you know he would not <laughs> let me eat outside yeah. 
I got some anxiety attacks as well and I was you know bedridden for the longest time for like almost a month and uh, all of these things that he had been saying over time about uh, you know about being connected to parents and about being grounded and mm-hmm. about uh, and about being really really thoughtful about what you were thinking and what you were doing and what you would do in life aage jaake bhi or what you have done uh you know not just going with the flow going with the flow is amazing but you need to take into consideration all the ramifications as you get into adulthood you need to take into consideration True. all the ramifications of what you're doing so all these things came to my mind and all these things and why he was saying what he was saying i realized that by now by the time i'm 26 now i'm more like my dad than anyone else and that like kind of uh, hit me like a bomb I was like damn man I when I was 16 15 years old if I had ever thought that I would be like my dad I would punch myself in the face because I would be like <laughs> no I don't want to be like my dad I want to be myself I want to be someone else completely but yeah I think my dad is I'm, someone I'm that uh, I'm completely resonating with you right now like when I came home uh, during the quarantine like when the lockdown started that's when I came home and uh, as soon as I came home I was like okay you know if this lockdown is going to increase then why not make you know proper use of it so i started working on two three different projects apart from my college and that kept me like very busy throughout this lockdown like eight months i've been home i've barely gotten enough time to talk to my mom and you know lately i've understood that when i thought like you found your dad to be a little kadu and uh, i i found my dad to be very busy you know to find out time for the family he's always been this you know workaholic kind of person always inside his work and never really gets time for us and i used to think of it ki you know when i grow up i won't be like him i'll be you know so, but <laughs> in these past 8 months i've seen <laughs> it's like i'm i'm almost 100% you know duplicate copy of him because i really find time for myself i i i got a guitar i got a you know nice little guitar so that i could learn to play and stuff i never got time to learn it <laughs> all i've been doing is you know work 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 and whenever my you know mom comes up to me she's like okay uh, let's sit down let's have a chat let's talk about this i'm like mom can you give me like an hour can you give me one and a half hours i i don't have time to talk right now. and that's when you know she exclaims nowadays that you know i don't have you know one like husband it's like both of you are the same only you know either both of you are my sons or you know both of you are my husband only. so it's yeah. the same people i'm dealing just you know twice the trauma she's having nowadays <laughs> that's that's so that's so right man i mean uh, but with time i've also realized how you know how important parents are एक टाइम पे मैं ऐसा भी बोलता था आई टू से दैट यू नो इट मैटर एंड यू यू मेक योर ओन लाइफ इवेंचुअली एंड ऑल ऑफ दैट एंड व्हाट नॉट बट व्हाट आई रियलाइज विद टाइम इज दैट यू नो पेरेंट्स आर एट द एंड ऑफ द डे योर रूट्स एंड इट्स एक्सट्रीमली इंपॉर्टेंट हाउ यू यू नो रेज योर चिल्ड्रन इफ यू वॉन्ट इफ यू वॉन्ट रियली रियली इम्पैक्ट यू नो द वर्ल्ड इन द बेस्ट वे पॉसिबल समन आई रियली डियरली लव रिसेंटली टोल्ड मी दिस शी सेट इफ यू वॉन्ट रियली इम्पैक्ट 
the world in a very positive way yeah what you're doing with your startup and everything is great you're helping people and what not and that's amazing okay but if you really really want to impact the world yeah. raise your children well you know raise your children really well don't give them a mobile phone till they're 17 or something like that homeschool them a little bit remove all these societal prejudices that are coming because they are going to go into the world and spread that uh, spread the seed of what you have done aage uh, jaake Hmm. and i feel that whatever i am right now i'm a reflection of my parents and the values that they instilled in me uh, if, even if at age of 24 25 when i realized this i did not like it i was like oh my god am i like a reflection of my parents who am i then what's my identity yeah my identity is that 60 70% is my identity but the 30% that that's a chunk of it that uh, where from all the 70 rest of the 70% emerges hmm. is actually that things that i learned as a child you know hmm. from the age of 0 to 15 all this poetry that i talk about uh, that oh. i derive all my lessons from that i try to rationalize with the world by uh, or through is because of what my you know parents instilled in me constantly and you know a little bit of advice with anshu there spend 10 to 15 minutes with your mom just have a an agenda less conversation with her trust me the amount of uh, happiness or not even happiness not the right word the amount of content and peace it gives you is extremely essential for life at the end of the day hustling is brilliant at your age okay when you're 17 to 25 hmm. or 24 i would say or not even 24 probably even 23 okay these 6 years of hustle are very good hustle hard work hard go through tremendous experiences and what not hmm. but you know don't put your parents behind your back and be like okay you know screw you yeah. guys or something like that a lot of people do that and that not only breaks parents's hearts because they have put in so much effort and love into building you True. or whatever it also uh, delineates you from uh, you know your roots and that creates a lot of psychological dissonance with time aage jaake Mm. you know your, your your podcast is about at the end of the day is about the human brain is about true, true, you know true. thinking and what not and i really really believe firmly by now i believe that parents play an, a very essential essential role in keeping your mind sane mm. you know in in keeping in helping you keep your mind sane because they are at the end of the day are your root and you derive all of your rationalism or irrational beliefs or whatever through them through their learnings at the end of the day not directly but probably indirectly so spend a little bit of time with them i have grown into this habit recently of talking to my parents every day for at least an hour overall mm-hmm. you know 15 minutes in the mm-hmm. morning mm-hmm. 20 minutes during lunch 30 minutes at night or something like that 15 20 minutes and i talk to them about random stuff <laughs> and it's really really cool and my mom talks to me about how she got this new air fryer and how it works and what not mm-hmm. you get it right so yeah. they have someone to talk to i have someone to talk to uh, there's no judgment involved uh, there's just good vibes involved and that those that one hour of great vibes okay mm. I, i my great vibes are purple in color okay so that <laughs> one hour of purple great vibes is really 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 essential for you I, I, what i feel i surely i surely take that uh suggestion and as well uh, as well as that you know recently even like one of my very dear friends uh, lost his mother and and that point of time you know you have those realizations sometimes even if you don't have stuff in your own life that you see you know someone else very close to you goes through something and that's when i believe you know got to understand that okay you know we have so as you said you know life can be really too short or you know very long to live in the same way and that's when i realized that 
that's actually true you know no one knows what tomorrow holds so why not you know live your today as if it's the best day the best opportunity that you've gotten since that day itself it's just been like half an hour or one whatever whatever time i get out of this i i purposely keep some time out and then uh, you know some mornings i just take my mom out for a breakfast or something till the time i'm here till i don't go back <laughs> to my college that's so amazing. yeah that's that's something that i've been doing because you know i just understood at that point of time ki you know anything can happen at any point of time so whatever you've got right now be just grateful for whatever you have and you know just just keep it close so i've been keeping yeah. everything that i've got very close right now so that's what even my great vibes are purple in color by the way that's why the <laughs> that's why bomb for that yeah <laughs> wifi high five as they say wifi, wifi high five <laughs> So and I'm glad that lockdown has kind of uh, put kids and you know young mm. young boys and girls at home so they're spending a little more time with their parents time, now yeah. they're not being as irritated at their parents <laughs> this age of 17 to 20 na is very very irritable mm. you you get irritated at your parents you're like ye budhe log kuch bhi bolte rehte hain kuch pata nahi hai inko jawani they live that life yaar they know that shit <laughs> okay so <laughs> so kind of you know trust them a little more is all i'm saying mm. although i was one of those people as well i was an asshole like i was same 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 but you know with time you learn things so i'm glad that that has happened and i'm glad that you're taking your mom out for breakfast or whatever that's that's an amazing <laughs> activity to do chalo that's 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 it's been an amazing conversation so far you know we it's like poetic it's not even a conversation it's just been a poetic experience for us <laughs> i hope the you know listeners has been have been just enjoying this conversation and i would just like you like to thank you so much for you know taking our time from your so busy schedule it's a sunday plus it's a sunday when it's we are recording sunday man my my sundays are <laughs> not busy at all i'm chilling most of the time okay i need to chill once a, uh, once a week in, uh, in 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 my life and i chill on sundays i write i have these mm-hmm. kind of conversations and i would really really like to have uh, one more conversation with you in the future inshallah if if, if the listeners sure, sure, uh, sure, like sure. what they hear here I'm 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 so glad I'm just so glad to have you over here because you're one of the people I I don't no pressure here but I I <laughs> I I look up to you so yeah uh, you Samir Zishan you guys have been really amazing you know for us who have been you know hustling we we see you guys and we feel like okay you know there are pe- other people who have like you said like I and now that I know the ATM story now you know even I'll get that motivation sometime when I, when I when I hit my lows. i'm like okay there are people doing this and there you know i am you know living in my apartment and you know thinking that i have got nothing so, <laughs> so i might stop whining at that point of time so yeah thank you yeah. so much and thank you so much vitanshu yeah this was an Not amazing conversation thank you so much vitanshu take care bye bye and bye to all the listeners uh, you know keep growing and uh, have a very happy purple vibey kind of life forever <laughs> take sure. care bye thanks a lot Hey guys, thank you for listening to the entire episode and it just means a lot to me that you guys stay till the end and listen to it. And if you really like this episode, if you know the entire conversation it just meant something to you, it gave you a positive insight about life. It would just mean a lot to me if you could share it or just, you know, come back and leave a review on my social media channels. And this was just such an amazing conversation it's been a very long time since i had such an amazing conversation with someone and it just has left me so motivated so inspired to do a lot of things 
which i was yet you know lagging back on so i hope that you got something to take away from this episode and if you did then as i said do leave a review or you know just share it with your people it'll just mean a lot to me thank you once again and till next time peace